Well, hello and welcome back. This is Shafan Holiday. I am the host of the Help Me Holiday podcast. Um, and today I will be continuing my series on musculoskeletal conditions and injuries uh, to the back, the hips, the spine, and uh, just bring in to light some, you know, what we do in the healthcare field about these conditions. Some of these conditions I'm, I will um, talk about, we typically will not see in the emergency room. However, if a person has uh, injuries that's acute um, to their uh, musculoskeletal system, what is affecting their ability to walk, um, their uh, inability to uh, use the bathroom, or having some type of incontinence, or they having some type of paralysis, we will see them urgently in the emergency room and have to uh, try to uh, find out what could be uh, or have led to these conditions. Um, I talked about in the first series about um, low back pain, um, the differences between acute chronic low back pain and um, I talked about conditions that can be uh, uh, contributors to low back pain. Uh, so I want to just talk briefly in this podcast about some of the contributing factors that have been related to people having low back pain, whether it's acute or chronic. One of the um, um, contributors uh, will that that's caused low back pain is muscle strain. So today I'm going to go over muscle strain. I, I will also talk about uh, what it is to have a herniated disc, what that means, and lastly, um, spinal stenosis, because these are what we will probably see in the emergency room as a res result of someone having um, acute back pain or uh, what we consider Call, we term as intractable back pain because the person is not getting relief with over-the-counter medications. And sometimes they're not even getting relief with some of the um, other therapies that, that's been um, ordered for them, whether it's physical therapy, whether it's TENS, um, any, any of those things. So muscle, what is muscle strain? So when we talk about muscle strain, this is a condition that happens when muscles get stretched too much or too quickly or works too hard. Um, sometimes the muscle will tear, and uh, the term muscle strain is basically a pulled muscle. So muscle strains can happen during an accident or during exercise. Uh, muscles that are commonly strained include those in the back, the neck, and the thigh. Um, so one of, what are some of the symptoms of muscle strains? We see people complaining of pain, of course, um, in the back. Um, they can have muscle spasms or tightness of the muscle. They can have swelling, bruising, or even weakness or being unable to move the muscles. Um, so when this happens, most times they uh, go to their primary provider or they will come into the emergency room if it's uh, painful enough. Uh, so once they come in through the emergency room, we typically will order ultrasounds, uh, probably an MRI uh, scan, 
And these are just, they help us to see the inside of uh, the body and what it, what it looks like, what's happening with that muscle or that area of the body. Uh, with a muscle strain, it usually gets better on its own, but it can take days to weeks to heal completely. Um, to help relieve symptoms, we typically will say, hey, um, you have to rest your muscles where you avo avoid, you're avoiding movements or activities that can cause pain. When I was talking about low back pain and a person having acute low back pain, and it's minor because you, say, for instance, pulled your back from lifting something too heavy or you might have uh, sprained your um um, your, um, your, you know, your neck because you had some type of whiplash. We know that we tell you that you, you know, can still continue with activities. However, you want to make sure it's not strenuous activities. But we won't, we will not tell you to avoid activities unless those activities cause you more pain. So with um, strained muscles, we do tell you to avoid the movements because we want to just make sure that whatever activity that caused it will be limited. We want to ice your area, so we tell you to get a cold pack. Unlike with um, back pain, we'll tell you, you know, heat, but if it's a muscle strain, we'll tell you to get a cold uh, gel pack, a bag of ice, or even some frozen vegetables and put it on a painful muscle every one to two hours um, or maybe even um, – um, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So we can tell you to, um, put the, uh, ice pack on for one to two hours and, um, uh, and take it off every 15 minutes. Uh, we, we also will tell you that, um, uh, for at least six hours after the injury to use ice. Okay. But some people like to use ice for up to two days, but we typically will tell you a day, you know, six hours should be sufficient. Um, we want you to wrap your muscle up with, um, you know, probably something like this uh, compressing, like a compression stocking or a wrap, a sleeve, something that will help support the muscle. Um, then we ask you to raise the muscle above the level of your heart if possible by propping your legs up on pillows, okay, if the injury happened in your leg. However, if it's a back injury, put on, lay on your side, put the pillow in between your knees. Um, also, to take medicines to relieve or reduce the pain and swelling. Um, we can um, tell you to take some Tylenol over-the-counter, Motrin, or uh, if we have to give you a, a prescription for some ibuprofen at a higher dose, we can do that. Um how can these strains be prevented? So most most times muscle strains can uh, be prevented by just taking time to warm up your muscles before you exercise. So stretching is basically the number one thing that we advise you to do. Um, also walking and doing light activities and um, just making sure you are using proper body mechanics if you're uh, lifting, if you're somebody who lifts weights or you're exercising in the gym, uh, just knowing how to use proper body mechanics. Um, so that's it in a nutshell when it comes to muscle strains. Um, when it comes to herniated disc, let's talk about that because this is something that is relates to the spinal cord. 
that's also a contributor of um, acute back pain and even chronic back pain. And um, it's something that we will see if it's the culprit of somebody's pain being intractable, meaning that it's not even being relieved with uh, the -the over-the-counter pain medications and sometimes even uh, narcotics. So what is a herniated disc? Um, I talked about this in uh, my first podcast uh, with acute back pain, but herniated disc to just revisit this is a condition that affects the back and it can cause pain, numbness, or tingling down one or both legs. Um, Just briefly again, um, just a, a bit of about the anatomy of the back and spine. The back is made up of your vertebrae. These are the bones in the back. They sit on top of one another like a stack of coins. So each bone has a hole in the center. When the when stacked, the holes in the bone forms a hollow tube that protects the spinal cord. Um, the spinal cord and the nerves go through this tube. This is, we call the spinal cord the highway of nerves that connects the brain to the rest of the body. All right? So the spinal cord runs through holes in the vertebrae. Spinal nerves branch out from the spinal cord and passes in between each vertebrae. So from there, they connect to the arms, the legs, and the organ. And this is why problems in the back can cause leg pain or bladder problems. Then you have muscle tendons and ligaments. Uh, Together, the muscle tendons and ligaments are called the soft tissues of the back. And these soft tissues support the back. And then we have the disc. These are rubbery, and they sit in between each of the vertebrae to add cushioning and it allows for the the spine to move, okay? But when these discs have a tough outer shell, I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry, uh, the discs have a tough outer shell and jelly-like center. The outer shell of the disc can sometimes break open, and it can spill the jelly material inside. This is what is called a herniated disc. This causes the symptoms because the jelly material that spills out of them can irritate the nearby nerves. Um, the, disc, the disc itself can also bulge and it can press on the nerves. This is where that pain is so rampant. So let's just uh, put a pin on that. The herniated disc occurs because there is a opening of the outer shell that spills that gel-like substance into um, um, or spills it out of uh, the, from out of the disc and it spills onto nearby nerves and those nerves get irritated. And when you have a disc that bulges out, it also can press on the nerve. All of this is very, very painful and it's irritating. Okay, and this is the um, one of the common problems that we have when it, people have back pain. So um, let's talk about the uh, symptoms of the herniated disc. Like I told you, pain and discomfort, but also in some people, herniated discs don't cause problems, but in others it do. So you may have patients coming in saying they have tingling, pain, or numbness that spreads down one leg. 
and uh, different parts of the leg, depending on um, where the disc is herniated. So what do we need to be able to actually confirm that this is a herniated disc? Um, there's tests that we do call MRIs or CAT scans, and they can show what the tissues inside of the back look like. Uh, these tests can find a herniated disc if you do have one. Um, but we probably won't even order these type of de tests until four to six weeks uh, of giving you all kind of treatment first to see if it goes away on its own. If it does not, we're going to do these tests to confirm that it is a herniated disc that's causing the problems, okay? Um, so most of uh, the people who do have a herniated disc, they will eventually need medications uh, to help them treat the pain. Um, so we give them pain medication, and we also can give you muscle relaxants. There's also injections of medications that numb the back or help reduce the swelling. There's physical therapy, and they will teach special exercises to stretch the back and the muscle. Um, spinal manipulation is what chiropractors will do. Some people opt to see a chiropractor or a physical therapist, acupuncture, and massage. Um, however, if this stuff is not working, you will most likely, if the pain is just unbearable, surgery will have to be an option. And to treat a herniated disc, it usually involves removing the part of the of the disc that is damaged. Sometimes the whole disc have to be removed, but most times it's part of the disc that have to be removed because it's damaged. Um, once again, now if that's the option, you will have to see a uh, neuro spine surgeon who actually um, operates uh, for the uh, damaged disc and the herniated disc, all right? But that's something that um, will be talked to at length with your um, with the specialist, and um, they will talk about you know what to be expected. Uh, I'm not going to cover that in this podcast because it's more of a um, it's something that people will have to opt opt for if they have unbearable pain and uh, the information that they get will be from a specialist, and um, it'll be more inclusive and, and um, more informative than what I can provide to you on this podcast. And lastly, um, the last uh, topic that I want to discuss is spinal stenosis. And what is spinal stenosis? Again, it's a back condition that can cause pain, numbness, or tingling in the back or down the legs. Um, and uh, like... Uh, herniated disc, you know, the spinal stenosis involves um, the spinal canal and the spaces in the spine that are affected. And this spinal stenosis is basically a narrowing of the spinal canal or the spaces between the vertebrae where the spinal nerves pass through. So this narrowing is usually caused by arthritis or injury, and um, or it can be caused by other conditions. Um, it can also be caused from bone spurs. These bone spurs happen um, over time, and uh, as people get older, they can develop bone spurs, and it's an overgrowth of bone, 
that pinch the spinal cord or the nerves branching from the spinal cord. Um, also, the disc can shrink and make the space between the vertebrae smaller. This can cause the vertebrae to pinch on the nerves that pass through them. So it, it, over time, it can cause um, that chronic back pain that we talked about earlier. Um, what are some of the other symptoms of spinal stenosis? It's th- some people have symptoms, some people don't. But for the people who do, they will t- talk about tingling, numbing, numbness that spreads down the legs. They usually say it affects both legs, but one leg is worse than the other. It can also cause leg weakness or trouble controlling your bowel or bladder. When when you start having problems with your bowel and bladder, you become incontinent where you can't feel yourself. You have an accident with urination and with bowel movements. You definitely need to be sought. You need to seek out your uh, provider or a specialist. Come to the hospital to be evaluated because this can be a very serious condition called quadra equina syndrome. Uh, once again, the tests that we do for spinal stenosis, x-rays, MRI, CAT scans, we can see uh, very easily um, if this is the condition that's causing that. Mm, how is it treated? A number of people end up needing surgery to treat it, but most people do well with simpler treatments like pain medications uh, without a prescription. If you need one, you can have one. Uh, medications that relax the muscles, mon- muscle relaxants. You can take injections of medications that numb the back or reduce inflammation. Physical therapy is another uh, option where they teach you how to use special exercises to, to stretch and improve your strength and flexibility. There's spinal manipulation when somebody like a physical therapist or a chiropractor moves or adjusts the joints of your back. Um, acupuncture, um, which is more... Uh, traditional Chinese medicine would insert tiny needles into your body to block pain signals and massage. Um, all of these, uh, all of these treatment options are, you know, uh, discussed by your provider with you. But if you have to opt for surgery, once again, the surgery um, to treat spinal stenosis involves exposing the spine and cutting cutting away pieces of bone that are pinching the spinal cord or other nerves. Um, Surgeons who treat people with spinal stenosis um, may uh, have to uh, decide to join together two vertebrae, which is called a spinal fusion. And that's usually appropriate only for people who have spinal stenosis plus another condition called spondylolisthesis, which is where two vertebrae no longer line up with each other. So spinal fusion can also involve more risk and longer recovery time than regular surgery. This is why when you're uh, considering surgery of the spine, it's so much to take in and consider the risk, the benefits, uh, long-term, maybe uh, mobility issues afterwards. Um, All of that has to be discussed at length, and this is with uh, all of the specialists that are um, that uh, operate on the spinal column. So thank you for joining in. Appreciate your time. Hopefully this information was helpful, and um, I look forward to talking to you all again uh, with uh, upcoming topics about the spinal cord. Well, I'm sorry, the musculoskeletal system. Thanks again. Thanks again, and uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.